Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Mavericks. Your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. To Locked On Mavericks for Thursday, December 29th. Uh, we are so close to 2017. Uh, I can almost taste it. My name is Mike Marshall at Machine Sports. He is Jacob Kemp at Not Jack Kemp on Twitter, and you can follow the show as well at Locked On Mavs. He's hosting in the mornings this week on Sports Radio 1310 the ticket. Um, as we try to make him insane before his 35th birthday. Um, (laughs) And I'm hosting in the afternoons, which is way more uh, conducive to my lifestyle in general. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he'll be on 5.30 to 10 a.m. today and tomorrow on the aforementioned station, 96.7 FM, if you use uh, uh, that, that, um, I guess... uh, avenue of receiving your uh your radio if you're on the am it's a 1310 and then i'm on at three to seven in the afternoon so check that out if you uh if you want to but thank you for listening to locked on mavs there's also a locked on cowboys out there if you want to hear somebody talk about uh a good just good sport overall (laughs) um what we do here is something a little bit different but you know you probably know what it is by now if you're new to if you're new to the show thank you please rate review subscribe all those nice things, because uh, we do this for next to nothing. Um, hmm. So, uh, anyway, uh, Jacob, how are you, friend? I'm all right, Mike. Uh, we got a little bit of uh, Lakers to get to today, and then the big question that is um, looming in my uh, in my brain pan currently. Um, so the Mavs do have the Lakers tonight, and they've won two games in December, as if someone in accounting stumbled across this little uh this little nugget that uh if we don't have a top three pick that pick goes to the Philadelphia 76ers so how about we just have a top three pick um what, it, do you know what the future protections on it are future let me see I can probably I'll look that up yeah future. Here, you keep going um so they won two games in uh in December one against the Philadelphia 76ers um which I'm pretty sure they were um, trying to uh, trying to lose but couldn't, and then it's, it's unprotected next year. Damn, um, so it's very important. <laughs> yes, it is uh, that they get it this year. Um, and then they beat the uh, the Clippers, who are without their two best players, uh, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, uh, the other night on Sunday. So two wins in December. That does sound in, that sounds insane because it is. The Mavs, I think, have six wins in December. I think the Mavs are six and nine, and the Lakers are 
whatever that would be, two and whatever the other number is. Um, nice, nice eight-game losing streak mixed in there. Pretty tough opponents, though. Yeah, no, it wasn't a uh, wasn't although not the easiest. Nets. <laughs> Nets and Kings is not exactly tough, <laughs> right? I mean, depending on what version of the Kings you're playing, that's um, very true. They're very schizophrenic. But uh, so we get the Lakers tonight in L.A. a 9:30 game, and that'll be on TNT. Um, and I think I'd rather be in the Lakers position than just about anybody else um, in basketball. If you in terms of team building, if you're one of these have-nots. Um, I think I'd rather be in their position, but I just looked up their uh, their spot track uh, data, and they do have two of the worst contracts in basketball um, on their books for this season. Timo and then uh, Luol Deng. Um, yeah. They're going to combine for north of 32, then 34, and then I think north of $35 million uh, against your cap for the next three seasons. I don't know if they signed both those, assuming that they'd be able to amnesty one of them. Um, but that's just madness uh, for a team that, um, you know, they've got guys that need minutes. They've got Brandon Ingram. They've got Julius Randle. They've got uh, Huertis, or however you say his name. they got Larry Nance Jr., like guys mm-hmm. that need minutes to develop. And they, uh, they dedicated that chunk of their uh, percentage of their salary cap to those dudes, which was questionable at the time. Uh, especially when we figured out that uh, came out a couple weeks ago that Luol Deng was working on like a three for twenty contract <laughs> whenever the Lakers called, and uh, he like hopped out of his hot tub. Uh, the Lakers, I could have probably told you the Lakers were gonna suck at sucking. Yeah, they're not very good at it <laughs> because they still think you know that the last couple years that hey we still had Kobe they have those massive massive TV contracts right and so they were trying to run this middle like. The Mavs were actually trying to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, they just were striking out at it. Whereas, like, the Lakers were like, well, we really want to try to develop Randall, Clarkson, you know, Russell, and Ingram. But at the same time, we don't want to just lose 65 games right off the rip. So, hey, let's get these uh, – I mean, 31 and 30 for Dang and Mozgov, it feels like both those guys are 40. Yeah, they might as well and, be. Yeah, I mean, Mozgov's only in his, you know, sixth season, but full season, but – or maybe it's like ninth season. Yeah, ninth season, but Dang is, is played a billion Tibbs minutes. Yep. So I, I would have I would have rather them just gone with what they had, and I think they'd still probably be just as far along in their development, if not further, and they wouldn't have those contracts. Yeah, I would have been fine with actually going bigger number on both those dudes and just do it for two years. Yeah. Like, why are you giving four years to either one of those dudes? Like, in what in what universe are they a part of the Lakers' future? Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. And they're pretty much uh, cash-strapped um, and free agency this offseason uh, because they have $96 million dedicated on their cap next year. Um, I mean, they're going to get – this is the thing that's so annoying about the Lakers is they're always, like, a little bit better than they should be because they get – um, free agents to sign for, you know, a quarter less than they should because they're in L.A. and people want to play there. Like, Lou Williams has no business playing for them for $7 million. Um, and Nick Young didn't whenever he initially signed there. And that's just the advantages of being one of the more uh, popular and, uh, you know, glitz glitz and glamoury uh, ports of call. But, 
yeah, I don't know what the hell they're going to do unless if they if they get out of that top three um, in the lottery. Like, good God, man. Yeah, and I'm not. I don't think they're one of the three worst teams in the in the league. No, they definitely aren't. I mean, their so offense what, their offense is nuclear. Like, they can score with anybody. They've also played a pretty tough schedule, the fourth hardest schedule. So, you know, they're they're going to have a hard time with this, man, because they're not going to finish behind Philadelphia, Brooklyn, uh, or the Suns. I can guarantee you that. Right. They may finish behind Dallas when all is said and done, and, mm-hmm. and maybe Minnesota. Although I'm not even sure about that. They've they've all those teams, Lakers, Timberwolves, Suns, and Mavs, have all played horrific schedules. But right. They're going to be right up against it. I think they're probably, like, in reality, like the sixth or seventh worst team. Right. And, and so imagine if they end up sixth or seventh worst this year. They end up with the seventh pick this year. Um, then they have to keep that, right? Uh, no. If it's uh, if it's outside of the top, top three, it goes, top three, it goes away. So seven, yeah, that's what I mean. So seven, they send it. And then mm-hmm. next year, they end up being, like, the 15th. Right, like they're a mediocre team. Yeah, and you're you're that's the one you get to keep. Yeah, so you're giving away a seventh overall pick, and you out of these two years, this is what could happen. Like they could get the third overall pick this year, uh, and mm-hmm. then and then give away the twelfth overall pick next year. Right. Um. But what's most likely going to happen because they cannot, they're too good. Like they're honestly too good of a team to be in the bottom three for these teams that are legitimately. Uh, hitting the ocean floor uh, in Brooklyn and New Jersey. And then we talked about this the other day, um, how important these type of games are for the Mavericks against yeah. teams that are in your neighborhood. Um, so let's go out and let's, uh, let's lose this one really hard, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so something that entered my brain the other day, uh, I think I was listening to uh, the Dunked On podcast, and they were talking, they were talking about Boogie, but this wasn't – exactly what what, uh, got me going. What got me going is the question of, you know, uh, fill-in-the-blank player can be, you know, how good good can said player be on a contending team, on a top five in the Western Conference team? Like, does there have to be a a higher ranking alpha male on this roster for this this whole thing to work? And or how how many of them? Yes, yes, exactly. Um, and I started thinking about Harrison Barnes, which I think we've all been overjoyed with what Harrison Barnes has given us this season, and nobody quite expected this, and the opinion of him has been uh, turned on its head quite a bit. But there's not – I don't believe in the you know dude on bad teams. I don't think the player on bad teams putting up numbers thing necessarily applies to him. Um, it does like a tiny – like a sliver of a percentage, but it's not, it's not the overall – uh, narrative of his season, um, but I started. Think- I mean, let me tell you. Let me tell you why it does matter, and it's not for the same reason that people always uh, bring up, which is just like it's being critical of him. The reason it does matter is because he had to go to a bad team to develop his game. Yeah, because he. It's so a lot of times you hear somebody say, "Well, he's just putting up numbers on a bad team," as if merely that their skill level is such that they wouldn't be able to do anything on any other team. If they were better, his is more that his game was never going to develop out there. Right. And, and think so about he, what he has to work with as well. Yeah, think he, about what's surrounding him. Yeah, not not a lot of talent here. And it, 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 
it would have been suboptimal for the Warriors where their three best players were on their talent curve at the time. It would have been suboptimal for them to let him play like this out there. Right. So they weren't going to take diminishing returns outside of maybe a couple possessions a game. So he had to go to a bad team. And now I think if he went back to another good team, like if next year, which is what we're about to get into, but if next year he was on like the Trailblazers, mm-hmm. I think he would still play like this. Yeah. If next if next year he were on even like the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he, still, he molded himself into this. Yeah. I he don't think to. he would just revert back immediately to, uh, you know, spot-up shooter guy. Yeah, I think to, bait, he ha- to beta fish mode. Yeah, he needed this. And so that's why I think he, everyone always says, like, oh, guys just put up numbers on a bad team. Some players actually need that. Yeah. And they need that. And it, it, sometimes it's not. it doesn't really matter because they're already old by the time they get to that point. But if you're, you know, he's 25. Mm-hmm. 24. Yeah, 24. So he's if he ends up on another team, he's still going to be young, even if it's at the end of this contract. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point. Of um, this brought this scenario, this situation, this environment brought this out in him. And you can use the bad play or a good player and a bad team thing, but you honestly have to look at the Mavericks and look at the pace they play at. Look how uh, staggered they are offensively um, in terms of talent, and I think I that's more of a positive to me. Um, than the, you know, old school Tracy McGrady, Orlando Magic, uh, you know, great player on a bad team type thing. Um, and another thing that's been super positive about him is he's consistent as the day is long. Like, okay, first three games of the season, uh, 20 points, six boards, shooting, uh, let's see, 50% overall. Okay, uh, November, 20.6 points, five and a half boards, shooting 46% overall. December, mm-hmm. 20.3 points, five and a half boards, shooting 47% overall. The only thing that's fluctuated like the tiniest bit is his three-point shooting, which is actually back to pretty awesome. December, he shot uh, 37% from three. So if he's doing what he, you know, um, what his paper is, which is 20 points, five boards, um, you know, a steal, and shooting 47% overall, and he adds that little trick of knocking down his threes on a consistent rate. Like, I think he can improve a little bit. I don't think this is his ceiling necessarily. Um, but the question remains, and this is the big question of the day, um, Harrison Barnes can be the fill-in-the-blank best player on a Western Conference contender. And by Western Conference contender, I mean top four, maybe top five seed. Well, the only variables that I think matter are I don't think he's totally done improving. I think he can, like you said, I think he can get a little bit better. And the other thing is it kind of depends on what the top player is. Yeah. But right now, if you added Harrison Barnes to the Rockets, he's better than Clint Capella. Yeah. Um, He's better than, you know, Ryan Anderson. He's better than Patrick Beverly. And if you added him to the Rockets right now, he would be their second best player. Mm -hmm. And they're already a top three seed. Right. So I think that proves right there that if you added him to the Rockets, he all of a sudden is the second best player on a contender. Mm -hmm. Now, he's not better than LaMarcus Aldridge, but he will be in about two years. Right. 
And if you added him to the Spurs, he would be the second best player on the Spurs. Um, let's see. Aldridge is how old? He's probably 29, 30. He's 31 right now. He's still having a, you know, he's still having great years. But I think by the time that, by the time that uh, Lamarcus Aldridge is 33 and Harrison Barnes is 26, I think Harrison Barnes will will be a comparable player, not comparable in the way they play, but comparable in their overall value and contribution to uh, to what LMA is right now. And obviously Kawhi would be the one. So that's two teams in the top four right now that he would be the second best player on. Yep. If you add him, if you add him to the Thunder, uh, you know, I as much as I love Steven Adams and what he does is pretty hard to find. Harrison Barnes is still a better overall player than Steven Adams. At least oh, yeah. this this version of Harrison Barnes that's scoring, you know, 20 a game. Is Harrison Barnes better than Victor Oladipo? I still think he is. Yeah, he is. Um, based on the way that – and maybe that's because I've never seen Deep or uh, Adams have to carry a team because in Adams' case, he would never be in that spot. And Oladipo's case, you know, there were other guys on even on the Orlando team. So that's another team that – you know, Cantor and Adams have a lot of value, but if we're just talking about, like, the best overall player, mm-hmm. I'm still taking Harrison Barnes over either one of those guys if uh, all things are equal as far as money goes. So that's three teams in the top five in the West that right now uh, or in the next two years, he would easily be the second best player on. And the, all Thunder, of them st- the Thunder would give you Oladipo and then some for Harrison Barnes. <laughs> I'll, let me yeah. let me just tell you, because, I, I mean, I, I, I work a lot of their games, and I – the only reason the Thunder ever lose, like you watch Russ get those triple doubles and you watch Steven Adams put up 15 and 10 and their defense is solid. The only reason the Thunder ever lose is whenever they get absolutely nothing from their three and four position. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if Anthony Morrow doesn't knock down five of eight from three on a night and Sabonis, um, you know, is just rookie year Sabonis, dude, they get nothing out of their three and four. It's such an imba- imbalanced team, and it's impressive that they've been able to, like, tightrope this long. That's really not – I mean, that's nothing new. You know, obviously mm-hmm. with Ibaka, it was uh, – depending on where you were playing, him and Durant. But their three spot has given them nothing for a decade now. So, I mean, that's right away, dude, is is three teams right there that he, he could be the second-best player on. Now, I mean, he would still be the th- third or fourth-best player – on the Clippers and the fourth or fifth best player or fifth best player on the Warriors. So they're just, those teams are in a different stratosphere. But even if you go over to the East, I mean, he would be the third best player on the Raptors, but he would be the second best player probably on the Celtics right now. The Celtics are damn good. Yep. I mean, I'm not taking him. I'm probably not taking him over Isaiah Thomas. Just, you know, even though that he does nothing for me on defense, the sheer offense alone and you could quibble with either Horford, Bradley, Crowder, Smart. They have a bunch of guys that I feel like are right below Harrison Barnes, but they do have a bunch of them. Yeah. But I'm still taking him over most of those guys, if not all of them, outside of uh, outside of Thomas. So, you know, most of the teams outside of the top four teams, basically there's only four teams that are contending that he wouldn't be the second best player on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's then that's why they're the top four teams. <laughs> right. Like exactly. I kinda I kinda settled on he's like a uh he's like a two point three. Like on a team that's you know, one of those top four we talked about, which is 
like, uh, you know, San Antonio – or even not even San Antonio. Their, their depth overwhelms. We mentioned them. But, like, you know, Cleveland, uh, Golden State, um, he'd definitely be a three-plus. But on the other teams that are still trying to get to that upper echelon, he's a two. And I kind of fell in the same exact area whenever I started this little experiment. And, and I also got to thinking um, – and this is more about – this draft pick this year and how fluid it is and how if you're going to go for the eighth seed in the playoffs, like I really don't want them to do and I think is probably the worst idea I've ever heard of, uh, you probably need to get get rid of that thing pretty quick because <laughs> yeah. it it's going to start to look really bad uh, and yeah. you're, you're just diminishing value by the second. Um, but I got to thinking – Okay, Harrison Barnes' value is never has never been and probably will never be higher this season or even maybe next season than it is at this exact moment. Um, the Mavericks' first-round pick. I mean, it might have been more valuable when they you know had two wins or whatever, but that's you can talk yourself out of that for a million different reasons. Um, but I don't think the Dallas Mavericks' first-round pick is ever going to be more valuable than it is, than it is at this exact moment. So my follow-up question is, would you trade a package of Harrison Barnes and two of the Mavs' young play, younger players, let's say Justin Anderson and let's say uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, for Boogie, and you also have to include uh, this year's first, next year's first, and I stopped the protections at top seven. It's top seven protected this year. Um, next year's unprotected, um, and you have you might have to bump that back a year actually. Now that I think about it, because I don't think you can trade uh, concurrent first round picks. Um, this year's top seven protected first round pick, and then the 2018 first round picks you can't trade back to back first round picks. I don't think for uh, that plus Barnes plus Justin Anderson plus Dorian Finney Smith for Boogie, and you fill in with some of their younger players to match salary. So you obviously are doing this with a illegal wink-wink agreement that he's going to re-sign here. Yes, yes, yes. That he's going to five years new contract re-up. Which I'm not really – I haven't dug into how the percentages and the year markers change mm-hmm. for the next – because I know that we're going to have some different – um, percentages of the cap that you can make, and, and the cap's going to be different. So I don't know what his next contract will be exactly. Yeah. Um, it's going to be something like uh, in the five at twenty-five a year range. Yeah, I, I bet it's closer to thirty. Um, I bet it creeps up there whenever it's all said and, so and done. You'd be getting him this year where he's twenty-six. Um, just turned twenty-six a few months ago. He's under contract for next year. And then, so 2017, 27, I'm signing him to a new deal. I get him for his age 27, and then 28, 29, 30, 31, and 32 year, uh, year seasons. I essentially don't really have much a change, much of a change in my salary cap situation because Harrison Barnes is already making – Harrison Barnes is going to end up making 24 a year on average over the life of this deal. Right. So if I add Boogie and it's 29, it's, it's really just an increase of about five years, about $5 million a year on my cap. Yeah, which is uh, I, nothing really. 
I'm obviously waving Bogut. Yeah. Or if I'm not, I don't know, maybe not waving him, but I'm trying to trade him to get something back um, for those picks. But his salary's gone. Right. Um, whether it's in they add something and we waive it, or just at the end of the year, you renounce his rights. Um, I mean, I think he's like one of the three best players in the league. I think he's the most talented player in the league. Like, just raw talent. I think you can't do any better than Boogie. I mean, um, I still obviously there's a lot in, else that goes into it. <laughs> I begin and end with <laughs> which LeBron, which is why but, he's not, you know, LeBron James necessarily. But yeah, um, I would do it. Uh, okay, so if Bogut is gone, his money's off the books. I'm tied up with about five million more next year. Actually, I have less salary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this that's an important part of this too. Oh, for sure, dude. Because if if going into this off season, if I have 18 on the books instead of 23 for Barnes. And then I'm also renouncing Bogut. I could still go into the marketplace this offseason and sign like a $15 million a year player. Yep. And in theory, and I would have you'll Boogie's have full bird rights. Right. And in theory, you'll have a top seven pick. You probably will, but that I don't want to bank on because I'm worried they're going to have that now, and I think that that team just got better if you make that trade. So if you think they're kind of on the line right now, then adding Cousins is not going to change. That's only going to make you fall further to the side that they would not be keeping that pick. Yep. So even even if that even if that pick is gone this year and it's pick number, um, you know, it's pick number ten. That's fine. Next year's is probably going to be like a, a 14 or 15, but I'm going back out and I'm finding an, and I can get another uh, free agent this off season. Let me tell you what I like most about both these players and why I don't think it's like a downgrade on this front from Barnes to Boogie is I think in the last few years, I've like really started to emphasize maybe overemphasize fit. Yeah. And I could do just about damn near anything at any other spot on the floor when Cousins is out there. Yep. <laughs> like I can I can have a, a runt at point guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can have a stretch four or like a Dirk like player at four with no problem. He shoots threes himself now. Um, like there's just the options are limitless. So the only thing that really would keep you from from pulling the trigger on it is the people who are worried about the the mental fit as opposed to the on-floor fit. Like, if people think that he just they, – they could not be more different on that right. front. Barnes is like the ultimate head-down, you know, Midwest guy. Right. And Cousins is just like – he's – so the question is, do he's you think – never had a real coach either, though. <laughs> and he liked Malone, yeah. and they got along. But the question is whether or not you think that he acts out and is a real ass sometimes because – He's frustrated, and they don't have much of a sh- culture and structure around him. Or is that just how he is? Like, if he was on a different team, like when I proposed earlier this year that the Spurs should make a run at him, yeah, would he act like that to the Spurs and to Pop or to Carlisle? Like, I tend to think the answer is probably not. Yeah, I mean, it might happen occasionally. It wouldn't be a, a twice a month thing. I don't feel right. it might be once a month, and then you know. You have a little meeting, and you're like, hey, man, come on. We're trying to win here. Like, this isn't, um, you know, the negativity scene that, you were, uh, that you've that you been in for the first five years of your career. Like, let's <laughs> let's get it together. And I think Rick Carlisle could do that. He's one of the few dudes in the league that I feel like could. Um, but I just thought that was fascinating. Um, and if you can figure out a way to keep this year's pick uh, and do this, I think I'm sold on that. 
Yeah, I, I, <laughs> there's not many trades you could put together that result in DeMarcus Cousins coming here that I would say no to. Right. Yeah. Because in this case, I still have a developing West Matthews. I still have Dirk, whether he wants to come off the bench next year or, he's, or he starts next year. I still have Darren Williams for the rest of this year. And next year, I'm probably either drafting a point guard or I've got $15 million to go sign one. Right. And I can slide in Seth Curry as a combo guard. I can, you know, I, you probably – you either have one of the three left of Powell, Finney, Smith – and Anderson to come off the bench if you move the other two. So it's pretty hard for me not to <laughs> immediately say yes. Just play the guy 39 minutes a night, and you will automatically get yourself, with that coaching staff and with a couple of other decent players with him, you'll automatically be a 35-win team. Yeah. And, I just you know, thought it's it... add, and you just start adding from there. Yeah. I just thought it was a fascinating discussion because your assets are peaking at this exact moment. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be assertive about things, this is something you should be asking yourself uh, if you're sitting in that, if you're sitting in Donnie Nelson's chair. Now, uh, they won't do it, but. No, they won't ever do it. I don't think this ever happens. I don't ever think it's a possibility, but I, <laughs> if I'm over there, I might scratch my head a couple of times and make a couple of phone calls. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's more likely that whoever he ends up, that they end up trying to throw some huge offer on him. You know, next offseason. I mean, we've obviously seen seen the reports of that. And I, right. I, by the way, I know the Kings haven't won 35 games since he's been there, but I also think that their entire organizational structure is trash. Yeah, they haven't had a 40 win roster since he's been there either. So no. All right. Well, uh, that was fun. Uh, thanks for yeah. listening, guys. And uh, Jacob, thank you for your time. All right, man. I'll see you.